As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply they may change on you. Monday, they love you. Tuesday, they hate you, right? Monday, they were screaming Hosanna for Jesus. And then by that Friday, they were saying crucify him. So people will come and go. Situations will come and go. Things will come and go. But that higher power. Authentic Talks is all about authentic conversations. This show is all about growth, love, respect, success, mind, body, and spirit. If you're looking to grow and become your authentic self, then this is the podcast for you. And I am your host, Shantae. Welcome to the show. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Authentic Talks. I'm really excited that I had the opportunity to sit down with this week's guest. Let me just share with you guys a little bit about him. He has been captivating audiences for over 18 years through his thought-provoking yet highly applicable messages. He has become known as the voice they listen to as a trusted communicator in both the business and faith-based community. He continues to present innovative ideas that spark the imagination, inspires the soul, and calls for lasting life change. As the founder of I Am The Possible, he's also an author. He has two books titled What Is Enough and The Corridor to Confidence. Please welcome Travel Lynch to the show. Hi, Travel. Hello, how are you? I'm doing good. Travel, you have me excited. I feel like your energy is such good energy. I watched a video and I'm like, you know what? I don't even have an event scheduled, but I want you to come. I'm going to have to create something just so you can come and speak. All right. <laughs> that'll work for me anytime. <laughs> Before we get started, can you introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. My name is Travel C.W. Lynch. I am a self-worth specialist, speaker, trainer, and author. I help people to see what they are so they can like what they see. I am the founder of a company called I Am The Possible, where we're really built on a philosophy that says that I and my possibilities, they are one and the same. Everything I hope to be tomorrow, I already am today. And so I just specialize in helping people to really accept themselves without the need for achievements, accomplishments, and attainments. Those things are awesome and they are you know, critical in our lives overall, but I find that there is a deep desire, almost a desperation in our society to truly be authentically, and that's why I love the title of your platform here, this authentic talk. I believe that people are searching for an authentic appreciation of themselves. And so that's what I want to help be of service to our society. 
Wow. That is really awesome. You have to share with us, like, how did you come to this place of knowing mm. that this is your, your purpose? How did we get here? Yeah. Well, you know what? I believe that in every story, there's always the point where we're broken, where we're discouraged, almost like a good movie, right? We start off with the drama. We start off with the problem. And then we, we at some point in the storyline, somewhere in the narrative, we find the solution. And what got me here was being broken, being, you know, to myself and for myself, not whole, not complete, not feeling worthy. I like to tell people that I preach self-value because I know, I know from a deep, intimate place, I know what it means to not have any. And so, you know, a little bit about my background, grew up in the Midwest, born in Chicago, moved to Ohio when I was seven. And that's really when the drama began for me. I'll just give you a quick chronicle. Between the ages of seven and about 14, I began to stutter. Don't know where that came from. I was a skinny kid, you know, up until seven. And somehow, some way, I just triggered this ability to just put on weight. And so I just became known as the fat kid in the, in the school system. Didn't grow up with a father. Although my relationship with my father today is amazing. God has restored that. I grew up, you know, being raised by my grandmother. So I didn't have my mother in my life in terms of her nurturing me. You know, she was strung out for most of her years on crack cocaine, alcohol. And so that was just to kind of give you some of some of the backdrop, some of the emotional struggle and pain that I've gone through to kind of get me to that point where I did not see value in myself. I did not feel that I had any worth. And one of the things that I always share along with that story is there were two pivotal points that I can look back at now that I teach self-worth and value. Number one was at the age of 18, I had a full ride to college. And I remember being addicted to marijuana, sitting in the back of the class, and one Saturday receiving a letter that said, pretty much you either shape up or we're going to kick you out. And my grandmother gave me the option. She said, hey, son, listen, here's what we're going to do. You either straighten up and go to school or next Saturday, literally seven days later, you're going to have to go. And I chose to drop out of college to go because I was so addicted to marijuana and I didn't have any personal value. For the next two years, I was this homeless house hopper. And I always tell the story that at my lowest point, I was sleeping on a, a roach infested floor in a crazy crack infested apartment building. And at night, I would just roll up my t-shirt and that became my pillow. So that's just a little bit. I, I have a million stories of what damaged my image of myself. And I believe that that set me up to be able to connect with people to be able to empathize with people, to be able to really serve people that are currently in that state now, now that I've been delivered. Wow. Oftentimes, here's what happens. People want to know like your story because they want to know like, how can you help me? And people want to know that you've been through it, walk the walk, you know, not just talking the talk type thing. Yeah. And so that's why I feel like that story, you sharing your story is so important. Can you share with us like, what is self-worth? We're hearing a lot about it these days. And yeah. what exactly does that mean? Yeah, for me, self-worth has a few specific components to it. 
because I always like to dig and to kind of discover the word under the word, the message under the message, the idea under the idea. I always, you know, <laughs> kid with my children and my wife. I always tell them, hey, whenever my children ask me a question, I always say, okay, what's the real question? Because <laughs> what, what you're giving me is just the question to ultimately get to the real question. So I just kind of carry that same philosophy with life. And so when I look at the term of self-worth, one of the things, one of the philosophies that I I share with people and I help people to really adopt because we're going to adopt a philosophy or we're going to form one, whether we know it or not. So we, we, we are all philosophers. And so we're going to live by some philosophy. And so one of the things that I share is that the greatest form of self-development is self-discovery. And one of the things that I've discovered around self-worth or about self-worth is that worth is intimately connected to want. If I don't want something, then it's not worth anything to me. And so with that in mind, I say self-worth begins with not only self-want, but it begins with you discovering that you are wanted. See, everybody in the world has this overarching agenda. We want to, number one, we want to survive. We have a survival mechanism built into our DNA. We want to survive. We'll do anything when our back is against the wall. We're going to survive. So we're survivalists just by nature. But the second most important agenda in our lives is acceptance. We want to be accepted. We want to fit in. Thus, we want to be wanted. So I know I gave you a long answer, but self-worth is self-want. And it is connected to the idea, because that's how you establish self-worth, is really accepting the idea that you are wanted. Now, that's where it gets tricky, because depending on what source of that want you depend on, then that's going to determine how stable your self-worth is. And what should people really be depending on? Is there like a right or wrong answer to that? So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you my truth, my story, uh-huh. because, I, and then just, you know, because that's something that I've learned with, with public speaking, preaching, teaching, is that all I can offer you is my story, but I do not play the politics. I do not play religion. I do not try to, you know, win you to either side. I'm just going to tell my truth and, you know, you kind of connect the dots and I'm kind of speaking to the audience is that I don't want to alienate anyone, but I am a Christian. I am a man of faith. I am a pastor. So I believe, you know, a lot of, or a lot of my philosophy is biblically based. And so for me, whether you call it Jesus, whether you call it Buddha, whether you call it Allah, whether you call it Father, Father Nature, Father World, Universal God, Energy, Spirit, however you name it or frame it, I believe that the most stable place for you to depend for your source of self-value, self-significance, self-worth is something greater than yourself. Uh-huh. Again, now my place is Jesus. My, my life changed when I was locked up, because that's another part of my story that I didn't tell. When I was locked up facing 15 years for grand theft, And by the way, I did it. I was guilty as charged, but God came through and ironed it all out. Amazing story of God's grace and mercy in my life. But facing 15 years for a crime that I committed, it was in that jail cell on a Sunday morning that I heard for the first time this story about this man named Jesus. And in that moment, as we say in our society, I gave my life to God. I gave my life to Christ. And so that for me was the game changer. So I look to God, I look to the Bible as my reference of who I am, why I am, and most importantly, what I am, which gives me my most stable foundation 
for self-worth because what's written isn't going to change. Now, if people give you your worth, they may change on you. Monday, they love you. Tuesday, they hate you, right? Monday, they were screaming Hosanna for Jesus. And then by that Friday, they were saying crucify him. So people will come and go. Situations will come and go. Things will come and go. But that higher power, whatever you believe in, that God, that creator that wanted you, that created you, that allows your life to be, that's a stable place for you to invest your identity and your self-worth. I love it. I absolutely love it. That was the first time you had learned about like Jesus. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was funny uh, how it happened because I was in there. So we, we went into the weekend and Sunday morning, the, the uh, bailiff or, you know, whoever that guy is that, that kind of like controls who gets out and who comes in, he comes down the hall and he says, hey, we're going to have a Sunday service. Anyone who wants to go, it's about an hour, you know, line up. And all I thought about truly was just getting out of the cell block. Like it wasn't <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to go find God or, oh, my whole life is about to change. All I wanted to do was get out of the cell block because I was so <laughs> bored. Like the TV's on one channel all day long. You're sitting around with these guys, you know, you just don't want to be there. So any change was good. So to answer your question, Sunday morning came, they offered me an hour to get a change of pace. I said, man, I'm all for it. I lined up. I, they took us down the hall. They put us in a room and there was about three or four women that had come from a local church. And they're the ones that kind of opened up the Bible in front of us because we we're all at these tables and they kind of stood up at this chalkboard and they just shared about Jesus. And I mean, obviously I, I had heard the name of Jesus and I had passed by churches, walked by churches before, but that was the first time that it was maybe articulated to me in a way that I was acceptable. I was wanted. I was loved. He was available, right? If I, if I chose to embrace him as he was embracing me, I think kind of that was the was the difference. That was the first time that I heard it kind of put that. In. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. And so you have, I am the possible. I am the possible. You have to share with me how you came up with that. Yeah, I, I am the possible. I don't remember the exact moment that I got the name. I do remember the scene. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Season of life in which I was in and the events that led up to it. But I don't like remember, like, oh, it was June 30th of 19. 1995. You know, it, like, it wasn't like that, but it was, right. yeah, I'm bad with the dates and all of that stuff. I just, I just really live my life by seasons. Oh yeah. In that space, these things happened. Right. Uh, uh -huh. um, yeah. So, um, but no, what, what it happened, where it, you know, really came from was, and it's so funny because I just shared this story on a Facebook live that I was being uh, interviewed on and I got such a massive response. Um, and it's the darndest things, the things that, that you think are so awesome and you're about to share these prophetic and amazing things. <laughs> and then it's the most simple things that just blow people away. And I'm like, wow. Um, so <laughs> I Am The Possible came from, I, was, I had been asked to preach at my church and I was preparing for a message. For whatever reason, I had to do some research on the life cycle of a butterfly. And a life cycle of a butterfly has four different stages to it. And I was cross-referencing this with the Bible story of Gideon. 
out of uh, Judges chapter six. And so Gideon was a man who was very afraid, very timid. And the Midianites at that time were just running all over his family, running all over his tribe and just tearing up the land and just terrorizing these guys. And many, and, 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 um, uh, Gideon, Gideon found himself in a wine press hiding out from these armies. And so the storyline, the uh, narrative kind of sets him up to be a coward, to kind of be afraid, to kind of be timid, to be anything other than what the angel of the Lord came to say that he was. And so this is all going to talk, this is all going to tie back to the butterfly in just a moment. So the angel comes to, to, to Gideon and he says, hey, mighty warrior, you're going to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to basically deliver your people. And Gideon's response is, hey, I'm not going to do anything. My family is the least, like we are the weakest clan in Israel. And I am, of my family, the weakest one possible. So his view on himself, his personal image of himself was, I'm weak, I'm the lowest, I'm the last. Don't come to me with anything, let alone this concept of mighty and let alone being a warrior. And so his idea was, this is what I am. I'm weak, I'm frail, I'm timid. Okay. But yet the Lord saw mighty warrior. So oftentimes in life, we see ourselves in one place, but our creator sees us in another place. Mm -hmm. So the lifestyle, the uh, life cycle of a butterfly has four stages. It's the egg, it's the caterpillar, it's the pupa, the little green thing that we see hanging from the tree, and then it's the butterfly, the one that we see flapping its wings and flying from flower to flower. And I always tie these stories together because scientifically, it's been proven that although we you know, call and see a butterfly as the winged, free, liberated creature that flies and flutters and is beautiful and is mosaic, you know, and, it's, and it's, it's this picture of liberation and beauty going from flower to flower. And I've tested this so many times. I've had people, I would tell them, hey, draw me a butterfly. And, and sure enough, they would draw that butterfly, the one that we all know and love. But scientifically proven, a butterfly is a butterfly in and of itself from the moment of conception. Mm. At the egg stage, it is a butterfly. It's just at the egg stage. When it's a caterpillar, it is a butterfly. It's just at the caterpillar stage. When it's wrapped up in its cocoon, it's a pupa. It's still a butterfly. It's just at the pupa stage. So why and how does this all tie in? I am is a present tense word. It is I am right now, today. Mm -hmm. The possible is futuristic. It is something yet to be, something yet to become. And so when I say I am the possible, what that statement literally says is I am that which I am becoming. Mm. That's why I said I and my possibilities are one and the same. We're the very same thing. That which I hope to be tomorrow I already am today a butterfly egg. You already are a butterfly. Gideon, you already are a mighty warrior. Yet you're at this stage that doesn't change what you are. 
And I just dream about a world where it's full of people that no matter what stage of life we find ourselves in, no matter what stage of development we find ourselves in, we can say about ourselves, I am that which I am becoming. And so I can feel good. I can have self-value. I can have self-worth. I can love myself. I can accept myself. I can appreciate myself right where I am, no matter where I am. And, wow. And I hope that makes sense. <laughs> you know it makes sense. <laughs> well, I'm just saying for you, it totally makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah it do. I know when you try to communicate, it's like, uh, what did you just say? So no, no. I hope it makes sense for you. I think you're an amazing communicator. Oh, you know, yeah, you. you're able to definitely get your point across, explain it, and it's very like um, inviting and it just pulls mm. you in, you know, where you could actually forget that like, I'm not here to where I could forget to ask a question. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you know, you. so yeah, it's really good. Which leads me into like, so you're a public speaker as well as a pastor. Tell me how you went into the public speaking. I could see how they correlate though. I really can. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm literally still in transition, to be honest. Um, that is, that is my heart's desire. And, and that's something I'm praying for. And working toward and, and, and really doing everything that I can to um, achieve. But I'm, 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 you know, for, for the most part, I'm still working um, a, a corporate job and I'm, I'm building a speaking platform as we speak. I've written two books. Um, you know, I'm starting a new podcast, uh, July 4th, a live uh, Facebook. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, a live Facebook broadcast cast slash podcast so i'm just gonna just tackle both at the same time um so so you know it, it's you know and i'm putting out content daily on you know across social media and youtube and things such as that so um you know it, it's it's me in transition you know okay. it truly is having to live out i am the possible it truly is having to live out i am um you know this speaker i am this full-time author i am this person who who is adding value to society, one who is making a great contribution uh, at a full-time level, yet I'm at the corporate America stage, right? So I'm actually having to live out my message uh, to the fullest because I don't see myself behind a, you know, a desk. You know, I don't see myself investing so many hours in the dreams and the ambitions of a corporation, which isn't bad. But I just know that I'm larger than that space. And there's, it's just only a matter of time before that transition happens. And so to answer your question, I'm learning to become a full-time public speaker. Uh, but the full transition uh, is, still, is still happening. Right now. Mm-hmm. I understand. What is your yeah. ideal engagement? Where do you want to go? Like, is it to the, the high schools to speak with the youth? Is it on jobs to um, motivate or inspire their employees? What is your ideal audience? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that too, because it's, you know, I've, I've taken so many speaking courses that tell us to niche down, niche down, you know, find your audience, you know, who is it specifically that you're speaking to? You know, where, you know, where are they? What's the demographics? And now that I, when it comes to a niche audience, I know that I want to, to speak primarily within the church and within corporate America. I do see some space within the college student space, but ultimately I'm looking for those who resonate with my story and resonate with my message of being that perfectionist, being that go-getter, 
being that high achiever, being that type A personality, um, because these are the leaders, these are the people who are in what I call, they're in a position where they're pressured to perform, right? So if I had to describe my audience, it's simply those in a position where they are, you know, consistently pressured to perform. So you have this performance-based self-worth and self-value. And so I want to specialize in helping those people who are in that position understand, listen, you don't have to work for your worth. You can work from your worth, Mm. right? You don't have Uh to work for your sense of significance. You can start from significance, right? Significance and worth and value, those things should not be our finish line. Those things should be our starting blocks. And so I see less stress happening. I see, I envision um, less anxiety happening, right, in the workplace, in corporate America, because that's where I am now. And I see people stress out of their mind. I see people taking vacations. They don't have anywhere to go. They just want to take a break, <laughs> right? They have yes. nowhere to go. They just want a <laughs> pause, right, because they're being overwhelmed. And so that's my audience, those who are overwhelmed, overworked, and as I like to say, overlooked not by other people, but by themselves. So yeah, that, those people that just, man, we're, we're running on fumes. Our mm-hmm. souls are, our souls are stretched and our souls are, 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 are starving again for this authentic appreciation of oneself apart from the, their achievements and their goals and, and everything that they can accomplish with their hands. That's who I want to, I want to reach. And I'm finding the more I study this idea and the deeper I, I get into the weeds of this, there really isn't any age group because from our formative years, we've been conditioned to be this way, Uh right? I always tell people before we had a chance to learn how to walk, we're off to the races. It's, Uh it's, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, dude, can you teach me what I am today? Like, dude, like, man, like, I'm I'm, I'm like seven years old. So what do you want to be when you grow up, Travell? Well, bruh, how about you educate me on what I am? How about, how about you teach me to love myself for what I already am? Then we can build from there, but that's not our society. Our society says, nope, as soon as you can comprehend what we're saying, achieve, you know, gather, get, conquer, win, grind, (laughs) do. It's so true. Come on, man. (laughs) You ain't even helped me lay a foundation, dude, you know, so, you know, level up, level up. Dude, I, I say level down. Level down. Stop leveling up. Level down. Build a foundation. Learn what you are, where you are. Then you can do all of that. What kind of a parent are you? If (laughs) if someone asks you, like, so if your kids could say, like, what type of father you were to them today, how do you think they would describe you? Depending on who you ask, they would say intense. They would say passionate. They would say loving. They would say engaged. They would say... They may be kidding around or something like that and may say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hard on them. But I don't think that I am. I don't think that they may, may even say that. But yeah, those would be the ones. It, it, would, it would be passionate. It would be um, direct. They would mm-hmm. say that I'm, that I'm an honest father. You know, one of the things that I practice is I'm not going to ask you to do something that I'm not first willing to do myself. And so I really try to practice humility and really be an example of what mm-hmm. I envision for them to be in terms of their values and qualities and attributions, not so much trying to steer them in any given direction, but just more of like, what are those internal qualities that I would love to see you demonstrate and to embody right within your life? Mm -hmm. I think they would have good things to say. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they would too. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> So you wrote two books. Tell me about that process. What was that like? And and then let's talk about like each one of them. So the process of writing the why, the why, which which I believe is, if not the most critical thing, at least one of the most critical things is that books will outlive me. Content will outlive me. That was really the reason that I wrote things because I have so much in my heart to share. So many things that I want to say. I know that I'm limited, not only in my years on earth, but I'm limited in my ability to be in any one you know, space. And so a book can travel. A book can get to Africa before I can. A book can get uh-huh. to Japan before I can. So that's my why, was to take everything that was in my heart and to get it on paper, to be able to get it to anybody at any given time. And so as I do interviews or as I have speaking engagements, you know, I'm able to give away books or you know, leave books behind or sell books. And otherwise, everything would, would still be bottled up and contained within me. And I believe that that's a disservice because I believe that, you know, God's given me a message that someone needs to hear. So that would be a, a really big disservice. But the process, you know, I always say it, it's really just about really just pouring out organically, naturally, the things that, that are bottled up within. I know that that the audience can't see, you know, my face or anything, but just like this bottle that I'm holding is full of, you know, water that's full of content. And so for me, the writing process is just simply spilling out everything that's within into these pages and then having someone that has a skill set in structuring storylines and narratives and proper grammar because you know when I write a book I'm just going to dump I'm just going to give you raw emotion I'm just going to dump I'm just going to say it as if I'm talking to you and I always want to keep that same energy you know many people have commented who've read my book and provided reviews, which I really love, they say that it sounds like I'm having a conversation with them. And that's always been my intention. I work with editors that keep that element within the pages to not strip away that element that I'm, I'm having a conversation with the reader, mm-hmm. knowing your why, why am I even writing this? Why am I even doing this? And it's because I want to be a contribution long-term far beyond my years. And then the other thing is, again, to be of service. I want to maximize my service while I'm here. And one of the ways I can do that is to package the ideas and package the philosophies so that anyone can access them. Because we're all on Amazon anyway, so they can 
they can stumble <laughs> upon it or they can be given a link to go to Amazon to, mm -hmm. to be able to. We're still going to talk about the book. I, I have to t share this with you. I was taking this class and in the class, there was a homework assignment where we had to write our obituary. All of us are kind of like not really knowing what we signed up for. <laughs> they wanted you to lay on the table. Someone read it in past tense, like Shantae was, and she did this and she did that. Mm. It is so hard to put it articulated in words, but I tell you what it did. Wow. Exactly what you're talking about. You wanted to, you want to leave something like a book is forever. It can be passed down from generation to generation. You're taking all of what you have inside of you and you're pouring it out. And after that day, I thought, I need to do more with my life. It was an experience that I don't know if, if it's meant for everyone to have, but it, I tell yeah. you, it, it left me with this feeling of like, like I want to live my life to the fullest. And I want to, because it That's took right. your mind in that place that you never get to really go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when I was listening to you share about your, why you wrote your books, it, it reminded me of that day. Although it's kind of different, but yet... Uh -huh. Yeah. That's powerful. Wow. Yeah, that was wow. like, it was an uncomfortable thing to have to go mm. through. It was life changing, I would have to say. And so, yeah, like I was saying, whenever I think about when you were sharing about your why mm. long after you're gone, yeah. your books are going to stand the test of time you know like yes, yes. people will still be reading them they'll still be talking mm. about i am the possible and, <laughs> that's right you know so yeah so what is the name of wow. your your book the newest one is called what is enough how to lighten your load and find what makes you happy and that book is written to the audience that we were that we were speaking about earlier, you know, those who are asking the question, really asking that question, what is enough? I always say it's written to the person who, um, like myself, right? You really write, and, and that's something that I learned is that you really write for yourself. Writing is therapeutic. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't know that until I finished my second book, but it's really therapeutic because you're really writing to yourself and you really need to continue to read your own book. Um, because it's not like you become this expert to where you're no longer in need of it. It, it, just, it just helps you to kind of close out the chapter of life that you're in currently. But it's, it's for the person who's asking the question, you know, as a father, as a mother, am I enough for my children, right? It's the husband that says, am I enough for my wife? It's the, it's the wife that says, am I enough for my husband, it's the corporate executive. Am I enough for this company? You know, we all can put it in our own context. We can all name it and frame it for our lives, but we're asking that internal question, what is enough? Because sometimes we're so wrapped up in what I can do, what I can achieve, have, accomplish in order to satisfy this internal starvation. I like to call it the hunger of the human heart. We're all hungry. We all have an appetite for our own appreciation and acceptance. And many times we go about satisfying that appetite through our own efforts, through our own work. And so it's written to the person who finds themselves at this stage of life, sweating, struggling, striving, doing everything they know to do to feel like they're enough and they keep coming up short because the problem, that vicious cycle is that you'll never be able to do enough 
to be enough. Mm-hmm. You're already enough. So you're, it's, the, it's the accomplishment that you'll never accomplish. It's the achievement that you'll never achieve. It's the attainment that you'll never attain because you're trying to get something that you already have. In fact, you're trying to get something that you already are. So it's impossible to get it because you are it. And you're like, man, what? I'm trying to trying to do this to to be enough. Well, you that's not within your. You don't decide that. You don't you 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 don't determine that. It's already been determined, and so that's why it feels so restless because it's not something that's within your control. You came into this world as enough, and so for you to take on the effort, the work, the sweat, the toil of trying to do something in order to achieve that, it sets you up for this just constant, consistent head knocking, just, man, what, what, what's going on here? And mm-hmm. a lot of people are finding themselves saying, what's going on here? And so that's who I'm writing to. I love it. I absolutely love it because in our life, like we're taught all of these different things. It's like, you're going in there and just like, like changing the narrative and breaking down the old beliefs in order to build new beliefs. Because if people were if you go through your whole life believing these things, it's like almost like a rebirthing of the mind. Can we buy that shirt (laughs) that says I am the possible? So we're in in the process of securing someone that's new, not yet, but soon, soon to come. That means we have something else to look forward to. (laughs) As far as like some gear, I am possible. I could see it. When I seen it, I was like, oh shoot, I I could see me rocking a I am the possible shirt, you know? (laughs) My my husband said, yeah, me too. I was like, okay. Yeah, so we both, what is enough? Yeah, they can find it on, on Amazon. It's definitely there. Yes, you can get it on Amazon, but I always encourage people to go to my website um, because there's still a link there that will take you directly for the purchase. But it also gives me the opportunity to, you know, gather that email so that I can continue to share with you the things that I send out on a monthly basis. One of my goals, you know, being completely transparent is not just to throw content out there and throw a message out there. I am looking to build community. I am looking to make connections. I am looking to serve people long-term because I find that this isn't a one-time deal. When it comes to self-worth, you need a daily diet. You need a, you know, you need a consistent diet of I'm enough. I'm good. I'm worthy. I'm precious. I'm acceptable. It's not a one-time fix. And so, you know, I send out monthly messages and I send out other content, not for sale, but solely for service to say, this is, hey, for this month, consider these ideas about you. Hey, for this month, think about these things. Hey, these are some of the things that I've done. They've worked well for me. Perhaps you might want to adopt those things. And so that's my long way of saying I would prefer people go to IamThePossible.com to purchase the book because there I'll, you know, also be able to gather that email and continue to serve you long-term. And then you can also still get the book. All right, you guys, you heard that. I am the possible.com. Everything's the same. So it's pretty easy to, to, (laughs) to, yeah, to not get confused or to, you know, I am the possible. I absolutely love it. When I seen it, I was like, I am the possible. I was like, Ooh, yeah. (laughs) And when I looked at your website, these are like, for me, it's like affirmations is what I call them. When I see uh, I am success, Mm -hmm. I am achievement, 
I am contribution. I do affirmations like every day. At some point throughout my day, I'll sometimes I'll put a sticky note with something that if I'm struggling with something, I'll turn it into an affirmation. I am, mm -hmm. you know, yes. whatever that struggle is that, mm -hmm. but flip it, you know. Yeah. Except I am not the struggle. <laughs> right, right, for real. No, seriously. No. <laughs> so yeah, that's how when I was looking at it, I, I kind of seen it in that way. When you talked about writing a book, it's like you kind of write it for yourself and it's therapeutic. Mm. I can really relate to that. That's how I feel when it comes to journaling. Mm. Yeah, it's like I, I write a lot. I'm, I'm always with a pen. I keep a little notebook next to my bed. I have one on mm -hmm. my desk. I And when things come to me, I'll just kind of start writing them down. If I'm stressed mm -hmm. out, I'll, in addition to, I pray, I meditate, mm -hmm. I journal, I have affirmations. I, I have to do it all, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I do too. Yeah. yeah, no, we do. So I have to ask you, what do you do for fun? Oh, um, for fun. I, I love playing poker. I'm a poker player. Oh. Um, I love fishing. Um, you know, when I look at the things that I, I like, I love to read. I love fishing, love poker, love golf. Um, everything I love takes patience. Uh, for whatever reason, I, it fascinates me. Um, I love to run. I'm an endurance athlete. So I, I run marathons and 10 K's and five K's and wow. all that stuff. So COVID really like, uh, oh man, really guys, we can't. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, everything that I'm attached to, I love working out. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, uh, as well. Um, all of it goes back into loving endurance, loving the patience. Cause you know, when you're fishing, you got to sit there and wait for that fish to hit, you know, uh -huh. you know playing poker, you got to, you know, wait for the right hand. You got to pick your spots, you know, endurance running the same, a sprint. This is, you got to mark your miles and keep your pace. And so God just wired me to love endurance. And I love pushing myself in any thing that's going to make me wait for some weird reason. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, reading, poker, fish, running. When I see people out there playing golf, I'm like, wow. <laughs> Patience. <laughs> that, yes. And you're going from hole to hole. I do miniature golf and I think that that one's oh, yeah. fun. But yeah. here in Arizona, it's, it's, it's hot and it's totally different than being on the regular golf course, you know, and fishing. Back in the day, we did that a little bit. Um, I was afraid to touch the fish. I was like, ah, <laughs> right, that's, that's one wife. of those. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We know that you have like two amazing books, which we didn't get the other. Oh, yeah. So the so the the most recent one is called What is Enough? The previous one is called The Corridor to Confidence, um, a step-by-step -step guide on um, teaching confidence or cultivating confidence in prayer. And that one is... It was really created almost like a men's manual for prayer. Um, mm. That's the center of my life. That's the foundation. That's my rock. Morning prayer, we call it EMP out here. So early morning prayer, um, meditation, that's how my day begins each day. And I saw the benefits of a life of prayer and contemplation connecting with our creator and even going back to what we were talking about earlier, really making God the source of my significance. And um, I really saw the improvements in my life, not just from a financial 
perspective um, or material perspective, but I saw such an internal peace, such a internal confidence in myself and who I was and, you know, just my ability to really overcome a lot of things, but understanding that it was the grace of God that was carrying me. And so I saw a lot of men within our church, uh, whenever we would have prayer events or prayer gatherings, um, we have morning prayer at our church building and online. And, you know, after attending these things for many years, I started to notice our numbers when it comes to men. Why aren't men praying? Why, why aren't men gathering? And I really had to really take a step back and humble myself and say, wait a minute, just because I don't see them praying doesn't mean that they're not praying. Mm -hmm. They're not praying where I'm praying publicly. So then I began to talk with men. And, you know, I found out that not many men are comfortable or confident when it came to prayer. They, you know, men don't, men don't subscribe to things that they don't do well long-term. If they can't do a thing well long-term and stroke that ego and have a little pride thrown in there and have a little competition thrown in there and, you know, where we can kind of draw a little self-esteem from it, then we won't, we won't, we won't roll with it very long. And so prayer really fell into that category as well. And so I said, man, let me write a guide, a book of chapter by chapter, step by step. What is prayer? What does it mean? How do you pray? Why should you pray? you know, and, and really address those key questions and then give them a template. Okay, when you pray, this is why you're going into prayer. This is what you can say, maybe what you should say. This is maybe what you should think about. And then next, and then next, and then next. And just, I really just laid it out in a systematic way for any man to follow it. The chapters are super short, two to three pages long, um, because I didn't want to overwhelm anyone. But I just wanted mm -hmm. it to be a, a really quick, easy read to build up confidence in prayer. Do you think that there is a wrong way to pray? No. I believe that there's no wrong way to pray. I do believe that there are, when I say that there's no wrong way to pray, what I'm addressing is the practice, right? Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. Your posture, the way that you pray, the way, the way that you practice it, right? I don't think that there's any wrong way. You can pray laying down, you can pray on a roller coaster, you can pray you know, driving down the street. You can pray anywhere, anytime, any, any way. I do think that you want to get to a point where you're praying with a confidence that who and what you're praying to loves you unconditionally. That would be the only thing where I would say you, if you had to fit it into a category of praying wrong, even though with that, I would still quickly say, don't let that stop you. If you mm -hmm. can talk to anything outside of you, you're doing good. As, as my wife say, we are in trouble when we're our own sounding boards. So when you, listen, if you can pray to anything that you have an idea that is this thing that is, is higher than me, then you're already doing good. But if, but if I had to say a right or wrong, which I'm very careful to do, if I had to put it in a wrong category, the only way that you can pray wrong, quote wrong, is you're praying and you're crying out and you're asking for help, you're asking for things to change, for things to get fixed, for someone to be healed in the hospital, whatever the situation is, you're praying, but you really don't believe that what you're praying to or who you're praying to, you don't really believe that they love you. 
and you don't really believe that they that they accept you because if you don't have those elements in there eh, this person this 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 entity doesn't really love me this entity doesn't really really care for me unconditionally then we'll find a way um as i always say we're we're conditioned to be fault finding in our society we find fault within ourselves very fast very difficult to find something right with ourselves and so even in prayer we'll say oh god heal my mother of cancer and then we'll say oh but you know what i did do that thing last night oh, i did treat my child wrong yesterday oh, i you know i i haven't been praying so why should he answer this prayer we'll start to self condemn because we don't really believe that who we're praying to loves us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Not just love us, but unconditionally. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that down, then you know your own self-doubt and your own self-talk will 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 uh, creep in. And you know and, what happened to me? Mm-hmm. I, this is some time ago. I was going through a really tough time. And it was to the point where I couldn't even articulate a prayer. All I could say was, mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. help me oh my god like it was literally like where it was like this I guess you could say like a cry out I don't know like I couldn't mm-hmm. and someone said just pray about it and I it was my friend and I said to her you got to pray for me or with me because right now mm-hmm. I can't even pray and and all I could say was this it was when my my son had got hit by a car and and mm. he was in the like ICU and so i was we were just i was stressed out to the core and like mm-hmm. i had made it to the point where i just felt drained and weak and just wore down and just life you know how life will mm-hmm. do sometimes you know yeah. and uh, i had cried so much and i was praying and i was trying to i was like god yeah. just help me he survived and everything's fine like he's in you know good shape yeah. and stuff i always on the outside looking at other people going through their situations, I would say, yeah, let's pray about it. Pray about it. Cause I grew up in the church. I was born into mm-hmm. the church, but yeah. Yes. Have you ever had that before where you, you just oh, call yeah. out and you can't even, they say, I don't mm-hmm. know how to pray. And so I encourage you that, you know, just start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just start. Yeah. Just, yeah. just open your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you know, it's, no matter what your belief is, no matter what you call your God, the one universal thing I, I believe that we can all agree on, no matter what your religion is, is that there's this, there's this idea that he's spirit, that he's omnipresent, that he's always around everywhere. And so, yeah, it just begins by, by speaking, by, by, by opening up your mouth, because no matter what you kind of believe in, and I've been Muslim for several years, you know, I too, you know, growing up with my grandmother, you know, church of science, and, and I was all over the place mm-hmm. as well. And, and the one thread that, that goes through every religion is the idea that God is able to hear you wherever you are, um, and, and, and that there's a spiritual element to it. And so, you don't have to look a certain way, sound a certain way, be a certain way. It's just mm-hmm. that, that they're available. Going back to your, your message of self-worth, mm-hmm. it's huge. I absolutely love it because we need that. Yeah. When we don't know our worth, there's so many things that can just get so messed up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. The, the decisions that we'll make and, and all of that. So I absolutely love it. Going back to your podcast, when can people expect to find you on the Facebook Live? And Yeah, the, the uh, podcast that we're creating. Now, the uh, podcast piece, I'm not for certain 
when I'll have that component up and running in terms of, you know, Apple iTunes and Spotify and things such as that. But the Facebook live, live broadcast portion of it, because I'm just going to literally use the footage from the Facebook live broadcast from my page with the software that I have, I'm going to download that and then um, dump that into podcast form for those who would prefer to just to listen kind of on the go. But that's going to start up July 4th. That's 7 a.m. every Saturday, Pacific Standard Time. So my time, California time, 7 a.m., I believe East Coast time would be 10 a.m. And so that's every Saturday, 7 o'clock on my Facebook, both Facebook pages. So on my on my actual public page and then my business profile page, uh, it'll be streaming live. On Facebook, it's still under my name, Travel C.W. Lynch. However, the way that I've set up my profiles is if you just type in I am the possible, then it's going to bring up all of my profiles. Yeah, you have good energy. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. <laughs> don't let it, don't ever get discouraged. Stay encouraged and keep on going. I, I absolutely mm. love it. I really do. And I'm not just saying that. Thank you, you know? so much. No, I really yeah. appreciate that. This is not an ego stroke. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. Keeping yeah. it real. Yeah. Keeping yeah. it real. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. so appreciate that. Yeah. I am the possible. I absolutely love it, you guys. I enjoyed my conversation with Travel. Be sure to check him out on Facebook on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays where he will have Facebook Lives. Also, check out his website with the same title, I Am The Possible. And you can also order Travel's books. He has one titled, What Is Enough? How to Lighten Your Load and Find What Makes You Happy. And the other one is called The Corridor to Confidence, a step-by-step guide to cultivating confidence in prayer. You guys, I'm looking forward to those t-shirts coming out. I I can just see it now. Can you imagine? Can you picture this? I am the possible. And you know, usually in workplaces, they say, oh, you can't wear t-shirts that have this or that. Well, that one is positive. I'm sure that they would probably want to get on that train as well. I am the possible. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Travel, again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk with me on Authentic Talks. And as for my audience, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Have an amazing week. I'm Shantae with Authentic Talks. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.